Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Disorders of the Century podcast. My name is Ben. I'm joined with my co-host, Cap. Uh, last time we left off, uh, we kind of got cut off because of time constraints because we're still learning this program that we're using. But um, at this point, I'm going through Cap's background. Now it's 2017, and that's about when I got to the ship, and um, we kind of got cut off on my background. So we're going to start with that. Um, all that stuff about how I wanted to join the Navy. So, um, back when you had motivation. Oh man, what a time! What a time! Cringy, <laughs> cringy boot camp photos. Anyone? Yeah. Anyone? <laughs> um, yeah. So I, uh, I grew up in small town Kansas. Um, little good old boy on the farm. Well, um, Kansas. We're not in was, Kansas anymore. Uh, fuck off! I hate. I, can I say that this early? Oh no. We got a YouTube flag 10 seconds in, but that's fine. <laughs> We're not monetized. It's fine. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, we, uh, so I grew up in Kansas. Uh, you know, normal high school life was not popular, but not hated. So, Wasn't a but you got to explain what a normal high school life in Kansas is. Is that like sleeping with cows or just tipping them over? No. You know, actually, it's really funny because everyone always asks me stuff like that. I never did that. And I had cows growing yeah. up. Like. We kept well, uh, cows. You on the respected farm. the cows, is why you well. grew up with them. They were your brothers. <laughs> <laughs> the brothers, come to me. I used to, I used to mess with them though, because like, whenever we like go out, because we had a creek that runs through our property, when we go fishing and stuff, you know, the cows think you're coming to feed them, so they all come mm-hmm. to you, and I just, I'd stand up on the four wheeler and be like, "My brothers, join me." <laughs> I'm the cow cult leader, apparently. I am. I am. The, I am your god. I am your bovine god. So, Bov- normal high bovine school Bovine divine. There you go. <laughs> Just divine bovine. Um, so, so yeah, normal high school life for me was just it just what you would expect from middle class white America, football, marching band, um, driving like fast cars getting high all that stuff so um and then i had a small interest in joining the military i mean i'd always loved the mil- the idea of the military i've always thought it would be a good place for me um and when i was getting ready to graduate high school i was talking to some marine corps recruiters because i wasn't thinking and basically you, you were know, thinking getting... about crayons <sighs> Tasty, tasty. I still have an affinity for those. Um, so, so yeah, I, I was talking to Marine Corps recruiters right before I graduated. One of my good buddies was uh, getting ready. Once we graduated, he was leaving for Marine Corps boot camp. And then I was talking to my family about it, and I promised my parents that I would at least try college first. So went to college for two years. Um, went to a private university down in Oklahoma. My first year failed out because I was lazy and I liked to party. So what's the difference between a private and a public university anyway? Well, so uh, this private university was a was a Christian university because at the point I still had somewhat of a faith. You're such a good Christian years. these days. Ooh, baby. Let's not go there. Religious trauma. <laughs> um, so, no. So basically what it just means is they're not held to a particular – standard they can kind of get away with a lot more on how they do things um 
So, like, for us, which is why, like, when I got to Great Lakes, the whole phase liberty thing didn't bother me because mm-hmm. when I was a freshman, we had specific freshman dorm rooms, and you had to be in your dorm room by midnight every night. Mm-hmm. And they would come by and, like, the RAs would come by and make sure they do dorm checks and make sure you're actually in your room. And, like, if you wanted to stay out overnight somewhere, because my brother uh, lived, like, two blocks away in an apartment mm-hmm. down there at the time. Like, if I wanted to go stay the night with him, I had to fill out overnight paperwork and, like, tell them where I was going to be, how long I was going to be there. It was just a – it was a mess. And, like, so – Go ahead. So it's, it's basically – like a boarding school for adults. Essentially, just with college but, classes. Because when you're, you know, I'm from a poor area, right? Yeah. So the difference between a public school and a private school is that a public school is free. But ain't no such thing as a free college, even no. if it's public. No. And actually, the only difference is, is, like, so they're not constrained to, like, in-state or out-of-state tuition. They would, like, they had it, but, like, you could apply for in-state tuition even if you lived out of state. And mm-hmm. o- Oklahoma is one of those states that kind of like the border states, they want to pe- bring people in. So mm-hmm. they allow the border states of Oklahoma to like pay in-state tuition and all that. But mm-hmm. being a uh, religious university, we had chapel every day at 11. And if you missed more than three days a semester, it would like, you would start going through like a dis- disciplinary review or something. Like it was weird. It was just kind of culty to be honest. Like, I I wasn't a fan of it. I, I people liked it. I wasn't that religious. I went there because they have one of the best engineering um, See, programs in in the Midwest. I was religious in high school because I got forced to go to a Christian school my eleventh and twelfth grade year. But I was religious. I was religious for pussy. <laughs> Because Chris, Christian girls would sleep with you if you said you were Christian, but if you boy, said you weren't, they wouldn't sleep with you. Boy, <laughs> boy, I, I only went to that Christian school for a year, and let me tell you, correct. The old, yeah. the old adage of the PKs, the preacher's kids, ha, damn. Because they're like, I love God, but God loves it when I suck dick, and you're like, what? what's that, what's that old, uh, was it SNL? No. Was the fuck me in the ass because I love Jesus? <laughs> like, yeah, right. They're still a virgin technically because yeah. you didn't break their hymen. <laughs> oh man, that's like you hear the stories out of like BYU and all the Mormons and the the soaking. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, man. soaking. <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't even sound pleasant. No, I want to. I want to. I want to take a moment. We talked about this briefly offline. I want to warn everybody since this is episode two, so they might be listening to this a week after the first one. This is the expectation is that Ben is like the the moderator of this whole instance. <laughs> and I'm just the like asshole drunk uncle who every time you think something's going well, I'm going to derail it. But that's who <laughs> I am as a person. And this is not a show for the podcast. You could ask Ben. This is not me trying to be oh, special yeah, no, that's... because a recording to it. This is just me. I'm sorry. Yeah. Cap's a, <laughs> Cap's a wild card, man. But that's why I like him. I mean, it's just always something something new pops out and it's just. You never know what he's gonna say. That's why there's two of us doing this, not one. <laughs> yeah, that's why. That's why Cap's not on his own because he'd get pulled down or canceled within the first week. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I'm sorry. You, you're talking about <laughs> your your wonderful so, one year getting the yeah, godly pussy. So did did one year at this university doing engineering courses? 
Um, failed out miserably because they made me take a bunch of ridiculous classes for a mechanical engineering degree. Like, I was taking coding and programming when... This is before coding was a big thing. This is 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, and then left there, came back home to Kansas, went to a community Wait, college so for... Wait, so are you older than me? Uh, I think so. Because I, I joined the Navy first. Yeah, you joined the Navy first, but I was born in 93. I'm okay, so 30. you got one year on me then. Yeah, yeah, so... So yeah, so I graduated high school in 2012, went to that college... Then I came back to Kansas after I failed out, went mm-hmm. to a community college here in Kansas. For, my, my boy, uh, two... I want to talk to you for a second. Oh, God. You failed, out, you failed out of a Kansas college? No, an Oklahoma college. Thank Oklahoma you. college, okay. And it was I mean, private. They had a high exp- – so I didn't technically but, fail out. I it just... was a Christian college. All you had to do was say amen when you came, and they were going <laughs> to keep you. <laughs> like, I didn't fail, like – I didn't fail out and they, like, kicked me out. I just decided not to go back because I failed so bad. Yeah. Like, I think my GPA well, yeah. was, like, a 2.4. Like, it was C- bad. C's get degrees, my man. I oh, say dude, that. No, I'm... it was – I would get, like – I went through a SolidWorks, which is a 3D design um, AutoCAD type of program. Mm-hmm. Um, aced that. I was really good at that because I did the courses like that in high school. Um, but then you had, like, um, my calculus classes – terrible at calculus mm-hmm. i could not understand it for the life of me and i just really didn't put a lot of effort into it and then like yeah the english classes with essays i hate writing essays i hate it so i'm i'm weird because i'm a perfectionist who doesn't put effort into things so oh, even same. the other day <laughs> even the other day at work i'm like yeah i got this program i'm not qualified to run it but i got it up to an 81 percent rating for completeness and then I just stopped talking. They were like, you're mad, aren't you? And I was like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so so I didn't fail out. I just decided not to go back because it was – it's an expensive college. It's called it, – college in the U.S. is a scam. You know, you're paying $26,000 a year plus for a semester of tuition. You know what I mean? Like, it's ridiculous. We, we see you want to be an engineer, but first you have to learn about the civil war. <laughs> boy that's what i mean like the gen ed stuff is ridiculous like like i understand like math and stuff because engineering uses a lot of math but yeah like why am i why am i learning uh about you know like i had to take a theology course granted that's in line with the whole religious university thing but it's like yeah why do i need to learn about the quran because i'm gonna be an engineer is it because jet fuel because doesn't the- melt steel beams I, I'm, I'm sorry to my Muslim friends, but you have to learn about the Quran because it's the greatest risk to your buildings. <laughs> oh God, it's not I, even episode I, two, and we're getting canceled. I have I have Muslim friends. I'm sorry. I love you guys. <laughs> we do. We love our Muslim people. They're they're friends. great. Uh, there was a black rifle shirt that said, "Friends don't like let friends suicide bomb." <laughs> to be fair yeah, I agree. <laughs> it depends on the situation sometimes it very much warrants it everything hey, look, is permissible <laughs> domestic terrorism is just a fancy word for spicy politics <laughs> look domestic terrorism domestic violence 
beat your wife on the courthouse steps on Sunday, bomb the courthouse on Wednesday. <laughs> okay, let me let me be clear. Uh, FBI, CIA, we are not planning on bombing any buildings. That's silly and against the law, and we don't like that. Okay? On a, Good. On a, on a brief sign-off note, guys, if you do disagree with things, be a fucking adult and, like, go vote and read what you're voting on. Don't go punching yes. people in the face. Yes. Unless they're Nazis. You can punch Nazis. But they have to be actual Nazis. Yeah, this but, whole... like, prove they're a Nazi. That, that's just a oh, modern God. term now. Like, oh, God, I put... it's such a hot button. Oh! <laughs> I, I put pineapple on my pizza. You Nazi! Bro, it's like I saw there was an article because I'm, I'm very pro-gun, okay, pro-Second Amendment. Yeah, it, I, it's a prop. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> I'm very pro-gun, and I actually saw um, the governor of California. They're having this big spat right now because, because of the Bruin decision. And if you don't know what the Bruin decision is, in the Second Amendment world, it basically affirmed – it was a Supreme Court vote to affirm – individual rights to own a firearm um and essentially that led to the whole new york case recently where concealed carry was being like moderated too intensely and they have like they have to issue concealed carry within reason and mm-hmm. the governor of california basically said um they're making they're they're making it easier to get firearms and that's fascism and i'm like my brother in christ that's the exact opposite like, what do you – fascism means you're forcing people to do a certain thing, and it's like we're not – it's not forcing you to buy a gun. We're not forcing you to own guns. We're just going in line with what the Constitution says, which is the right of the people and the security of so, the state. So you're not trying to get fast and furious? God. That's such a niche <laughs> joke. If anyone understands that, I'm not going to explain that one. If you understand that, we're going to be friends. Um, so, yeah, that whole that whole thing. But, yeah, so back to me because then we're going tangent again. Um, yeah, I know. Back, back went to, to learning how to be a domestic terrorist at uh, college. Yeah, right. So went to um, community college after that back in Kansas. Wasn't having a good time. Uh, was working at a grocery store in the produce section, which is funny because I used to we used to do like chops to like keep the produce looking fresh on the on the shelf, and I used to take like the broccoli and I'd carve a pentagram into the base of it, and I watched this one old white lady like uh, pick one up and see it and like dropped it, <laughs> like all freaked out. I was like, I got you, bitch. Um, and then at that point, I was just kind of like. I was about to turn 21. I was like, I'm not really doing anything with my life at this point. Like college isn't working out. Like at this point I'm, I'm broke. I'm working minimum wage at 20 years old, which is annoying. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was a choice for me to just like, you know what? I'm going to go, I'm going to go talk to the recruiters. Right. And at this point I hadn't chosen Navy. Um, and, but I knew I wasn't going to do Marine Corps. Uh, because of how much they blew me up and like got pissed. I, I'll never forget this, this guy's name. I don't even think he's in the Marine Corps anymore. Hopefully not. Sorry if you are pal, uh, staff Sergeant Espinosa. He was a recruiter. There's like a thousand staff Sergeant. I know. <laughs> this, this guy was a recruiter where I'm from. And, uh, when I was in high school and like, when I told him like, Hey, I think I'm going to go college route. 
you know, he started with the whole recruiting speech. Well, like, well, but like, if you join the Marine Corps, you get free college, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, nah, man, like I made a family promise. Like I told my family I'd try college first, like no big deal. Like you never know what, you know, what life holds. And then he's like, you wasted my fucking time. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, whoa, pal, chill. And I hadn't even like signed any paperwork i just showed interest you know what i mean yeah like i wasn't in the pulley program or debt or whatever they call it for the marine corps I'm, um i'm gonna take my time and be an ally now you know what every female who gets a dick pic has gone through <laughs> <laughs> oh god that's a whole nother topic uh <laughs> So yeah, so I, you I wasted my time <laughs> you pretending you wanted to see it, and now you're <laughs> reporting me. <laughs> uh, hey, what do you friends, mean block guy, guy <laughs> listeners? Uh, don't send unsolicited dick pics to women. It's creepy. I also no one wants to see your nine year old penis because let's be no, real, it's you're thirty and you don't have the penis of a thirty year old. Sorry, but look it. If you guys send out pictures of your penises, we're going to report you for child pornography because Ooh. you can't take pictures of children's penises. <laughs> exactly. You fucking weirdos. Just stop. Is Just that stop. A, is that a Unless... can jelly bean? <laughs> <laughs> Unless a woman specifically, or man, you know, we're not here to uh, negotiate preferences. If As long as the opposing party or the other side is consenting and is asking to see it, don't just send them like don't send no. strangers on the internet don't stop don't even don't even send it on request because that's how you end up in that's trouble true. anyway they'll that delete the other messages and make it look like an unsolicited <laughs> message yeah that's i a will good point. never just tr- be safe I, if i'm talking to a female and she asks for a dick pic i will never trust her less in my life <laughs> <laughs> let me see that dick it's boy. like why do you want it because dicks aren't pretty Anyways. that is true they're <laughs> ugly dude like who i've i've said this to some girls that i've talked to who in their right mind wants to see a penis like Me. i just <laughs> my boy how you doing you are in the navy pal i got to see penises just the other day we did your analysis it's oh that's fun i love your analysis <laughs> it's the classic your analysis on the ship was always funny because it's like you wake up in the morning. What One of the first things you any human does when you w- first wake up, you piss, right? You take your morning piss, right? And so, like, for me, I it was always... I get out of bed first. Oh, no, dude, that's what I... I got a diaper on. It's fine. Um, <laughs> so, like, you wake up, get out of bed, you piss, right? And then you get ready for work. When we would, When we were on the ship, you'd go to work. Or even if we were on deployment and they were doing your analysis, it was always the fucking mm-hmm. same. You wake up, you piss, you shower, shave, whatever. And then immediately leaving the compartment, leaving the the birthing or your house, and you get to the where they post it on the ship, it's like, oh, hey, you have your analysis and you have to have it done by 10 a.m. It's like, it's 8.30 and I just pissed. How, mm, what? All I have to say about that legalized drinking beers for your analysis <laughs> that's true because once you pop that seal it's over it's done yeah t- you don't have to get drunk just drink two three beers and everybody's gonna have to pee on time true 
true. But anyway, before we get carried off, because I want to make sure to finish you up this episode. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So, um, look at me being responsible for Oh, this. look at you. I'm so proud of you, buddy. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, start talking to recruiters. Is, yeah. Espinosa's oh, yeah, no, is upset. I, you bro- He's upset I, you broke up with him. Yeah, basically. So, I just wrote off the Marines after that because I was like, they're kind of crazy, which is, they're kind of meant to, but... He sent, he sent so, you the text message, bitch, you ugly anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Bitch, you ugly anyway. I don't want to talk to you. Broke my heart. Uh, I was after your friend anyway. So, so yeah. So, and our my recruiting offices were in, in the mall, in our local mm. shopping mall. So, I went in there and, like, completely avoided the Marine Corps side, went into... The Navy recruiters talked to them, went to the Army, and I was like, eh, not really for me. And then I went to talk to the Air Force, and guess what? Not to be fair. They weren't in the office. They weren't in the fucking office. They weren't in the fucking office, right? (laughs) And the Air Force is like the one branch that's like, please don't join. (laughs) Yeah, literally. No, seriously. So, um, So I talked to the Navy, and at the time, I was in a lot better shape than I am now. Um... I was actually fit. I would would like to take this time to admit that there was a time frame that I made fun of you for being fat on the boat. I know. And I don't apologize for it at all. I I was. Dude. No. We'll get into that because there was – my C-school was so toxic for me because of the way that I lived. If you know me, you know my opinions on fat people. Oh, yeah. 100%. So like – I joked with you about your weight, but you know I kind of meant it. But oh, we no, were I still friends. But we but were was, still friends. Yeah, Let's well, set that was... precedent right now. I will not talk shit about a fat person who I actually like have a problem with. Yeah, I will only talk shit in like a well-meaning way because I care, yeah. not because I'm trying to belittle you. Well, that is a, my caring. It's the same with Doc Haley, right? Yeah. Like he was the same way. And we became friends, and he would give me shit all the time mm-hmm. for being as fat as I was. Because I was yeah. when I first got to the boat. But on that same point, I was a whole, like, what, buck 30 at that point? I and needed to gain tiny, weight. Tiny you, boy. You needed to lose weight. <laughs> I was double but your like, size. Because when I got to the boat, I was 260. Like, yeah. I was huge. So now I'm, like, at a smooth 170. I do, like, Olympic lifting and shit. We'll, yeah. get, we'll get to that after we're finished with your, your yeah. background. But we'll get to that. But, yeah, I mean, I gave you shit, but you needed it, you know? Yeah, no, and I and I know that. And it, it has never been because some of my, you know, closest friends that I made from the Porter, like uh, Danley and Maples and all them, like, they all still call me fat boy. Even though I'm not, you know, objectively fat anymore, I'm at a healthy weight. Mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, fit as fuck, but I'm not, cute, like, large anymore. They so, still, to this day, call me fat boy just because that's what it is. That's the thing about nicknames, though. Calling you fat boy was not calling you fat. No. Well, it was. Calling you fat boy <laughs> was... How how many times in real life have you heard me refer to somebody by their name? Almost never. I don't do it. Yeah. I mean, if, except for, like, in official meetings and stuff for, like, the yeah. ship and, like... You know, when, you have your work when consoles I'm, and stuff. When I'm paid to. Exactly, yeah. 
No, yeah. When you're expected and you're being paid to do that, that's different. But, like, if yeah. it's just guys hanging out, it, yeah, no, never. I, I've got something I call everybody, or I just don't even use anything. It's, hey, you. <laughs> hey, hey, guy. Hey, guy. How, how many times have you just heard me start talking, looking that... at somebody? <laughs> <laughs> hey. You. <laughs> hey, you. Yeah, you. I'm talking to and you. And people even... People even be like, were you talking to me? Like, yes, the whole time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it was it was never – I never I never saw it as people being, like, mean to me. I, you know, and I'm not I'm not one of those guys that's like, they're being mean to me. They're body shaped. Mm-hmm. Dude, I was fat. I was yeah. fucking fat. Like, I will openly admit that. Okay, so you were Navy fat. Well, yeah. I was Navy fat. I'm still Navy fat, though, because the Navy's that- expectations for body body size – don't make healthy sense because for my me, height, they they expect me to be a max of one eighty six. I haven't been one eighty six since mm-hmm. high school. Like mm-hmm. the like for people like of your body stature, more smaller, like mm-hmm. it makes more sense. But like yeah. I come from thick, corn fed jeans. You know, yeah. like we are not small people. I come from butter fed, <laughs> butter fed bean poles, baby. <laughs> like. That's just the way it goes. So, I don't. I don't agree with the way the Navy does like their their body scale index because it it, it doesn't make a lot of sense for because yeah. if if you look objectively, like even guys that were in the best shape were still getting taped because they had more muscle and were heavier. Bodybuilders get failed because their waist to neck ratio is exactly right. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, you started talking to the Navy because you love semen. Mmm, yummy. Um, so yeah, so I started talking to the Navy, and then at the time, like say, I was in a lot better shape than I am now and what I was in the Navy, but at the time I wanted to do something with spec war in general, whether it was Navy spec war or Air Force spec war, because even though the Air Force guy wasn't in his office, um... I still like called their number and talked can, to them about like being a PJ or tech or something. Can you hear me from over here? Yes. Why the hell would you want to do spec war? Um, I thought it was cool at the time. You know, I'm I'm a naive 21 year old who has bigger aspirations for life. You know, I just I wanted to do something fucking. You know, I had the mentality of I'm here for the violence. Like, let's yeah. fucking do that, right? So, well, because like that that's a whole thing we should take a little bit to ruminate on, right? Because I worked in recruiting for three years. Yeah. You have some people come in and they want to be spec war because they think those <laughs> are the cool guys and they think the rest of the Navy is just like desk jockeys. Which, yeah. besides the PSs and YNs, nobody's really a desk jockey no. in the Navy. We, we don't have that. No. But but on the outside looking in, I can see why they see that. So they're like, I want to be spec war because those are the guys who do something. Yeah. And you're like, okay. But then you have the weirdos who come in and they're like, I want to kill people. Yes, yeah, like, I was never, I was never a guy but, that's like, I want to kill people. But like, but you have the third option, and the third option is the people who think that for some reason doing flutter kicks and high tide is going <laughs> to give them a better personality. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. So which one were you? I would say probably the first one. Like I, I like, it was the cool aspect of it. Like I don't think that everyone's desk jockeys. But I I mm-hmm. didn't know enough about the Navy, honestly, 
to because I come from a non-military family. Like my grandfather was in the Air Force for a couple of years and then worked at Edwards Air Force Base as an aerospace engineer. Like he worked on all the like Edwards space shuttles. Is where? California, outside of Palmdale, California. Okay. That's where a lot of like the testing, like test aircraft. So like all your like well, you your know, stealth bomber, SR seventy one, all that was developed there. You know the question I have to ask since it's California. Okay. Is it SoCal or NorCal? Well, it's SoCal. So is it SoCal as dictated by California residents, or is oh. it where like everybody calls everything SoCal? No, it it is Southern California because it's um, it's in Death Valley, which is east of LA, like yeah. far like in the middle of California. Palmdale is definitely SoCal though because it's like an hour away from Death Valley is in Louisiana. There's more than one Death Valley. <laughs> I think I don't know. <laughs> Now you got me questioning myself. I don't want to Google it. <laughs> no, no. So California calls, like, they have an area called Death Valley, but Louisiana, their uh, uh, college football stadium is Death Valley. Oh. Uh, <laughs> you know, not a big college it's sports SEC, guy. It's an SEC thing. Oh, uh, SEC thing. Yeah, I'm a big 12 guy because it's just where I'm from. I don't pay attention enough to it. So, yeah. yeah. But, so anyways... Um, so I didn't know enough about the Navy. So I just was like, yeah, like any of the spec board jobs, like I, I was focusing on seals because that's when a lot of the seal media was coming out. Lone survivor, fucking, um, the TV show seal team six was a little bit later, but planet earth, (laughs) (laughs) finding Nemo. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Um, but so a lot of that was influencing me and I was like, yeah, I want to do that. So like I hooked up with the. I was talking to, not hooked up with, I was talking to the recruiters. Um, that would be fraternization, friends. That's um, worse than fraternization. We can talk about that at a later date. Oh, yeah, you know all about it. that. Fraternization with a recruiter is more than fraternization. <laughs> yeah. So so I was talking to them, but also I was talking to the Air Force about their spec war program, uh, PJs, TACP, stuff like that, uh, pararescuemen, all that. And then the Air Force just stopped talking to me. They just, like... They just never got back to me because they were never in their office. I had the one time I went to talk to a recruiter in person, I had to drive 30 minutes to the town over to talk to that recruiter because there was no one in our office. So I was like, okay, whatever. So talk to everywhere him. I drove was 30 minutes. <laughs> I mean, same for me. So, um, got more in detail with the, with the Navy guys. And then they hooked me up with a, um, retired seal who did the regional pst stuff for like the physical standards test trained yeah. with him trained with some of the other guys that were going into spec war um passed, so, passed the pst before i so did you get did you get all the way up to that extra i had to do planks because of it one time because i forgot what it was called there's like a secondary computer skills test for seals um i'm trying to think of what it was no, I didn't you have because to, you have to do the PST and then you have to do some shit on the computer. Yeah, so I did do that. I can't remember what it's called, but I did that when after I and my recruiter is the one that set that up for me, which mm-hmm. is funny because I didn't have to do it after all because so I passed the PST and then I went to MEPS to take the ASVAB and the other program for the SEALs, um, the computer skills test. Yeah. Um, so I did my ASVAB got a 95 or something 
So, of course, yeah. now all of a sudden all the guys at MEPS are freaking out. They're like, you, well, you want to be a nuke? You want to you be a nuke? You want to be a nuke? You want to be a nuke? It, it'll be completely quiet. The moment somebody scores a 90 on the ASVAB, MEPS just sounds like, Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> every Navy guy, every Navy recruiter in there is like, there's a nuke among us. Because <laughs> they get, don't you guys so, get paid for recruiting nukes? Uh, so they can get like NAMs and all that. Kind oh, of stuff that's what it. it is. Yeah. So, so basically not to go too deep into it, you get quoted and the quota breakdown will be something like you have to get five contracts this month. Yeah. But one of them has to be a nuke. One of them has to be a female and one of them has to be black. And if you can get a black female to become a nuke, you hit all the quotas at once. Yeah. So that's why Navy recruiting, we'll talk about it later, is very. Yeah discriminatory yes but but i ask this because both of us talk shit i'm in the navy and i don't enjoy it but that's not because it's not good for everybody it's just not oh it's a great place for some people and like and you got out but i don't i want to make it clear in some of our earlier episodes that this is not to shit on the military even though we will talk shit about it we are so i'm asking you about your i would say we're both very pro-military if anything yeah I want to ask you about the process of joining or trying to join as a SEAL or something because there might be somebody who listens who, like, they pass their PST and then they feel yeah. like their recruiter's lying to them. Yeah, I mean, so the reason, like, for the way it worked for me, because both my recruiters had very little experience with, like, anything in that field because – being, well, being small so, town Kansas, we didn't have a specific spec war recruiter, right? Yeah, which that's what I was going to say. You, they're supposed to have like regional, yeah. or even so. So the Navy now is they're organized into TAOX. Sorry, guys, okay. this is going to be nerdy. <laughs> there, you have region, which is like west, central, and east, but then you have TAOX, and there's something like twenty TAOX, which is talent uh, acquisition something center. Yeah, and then that breaks down to actual recruiting stations yep so one seal scout or swick scout will be responsible for 20 30 40 Mm -hmm. or even more depending on the area recruiting stations yeah so sometimes you might be hot shit to be a seal and then scouts just not available yep and that's kind of what i I guarantee you the seal scout for tuscaloosa alabama Mm -hmm. has more interest in going there where people are athletic Mm -hmm. than web alabama yep where you don't even know if they're going to pass the ASVAB. Yeah, 100%. And, and that's just one of those things that's like they're expected to fill this certain quota, especially being a spec war-centered recruiter. Like they're a scout for spec war. They are looking mm-hmm. for very specific things. Um, mm-hmm. And since I didn't have that, the closest they had for me was a retired SEAL who just kind of – he got paid, but he was also volu- – he's like a volunteer guy who just wanted yeah. to like help young guys that wanted to be spec war or girls that wanted to be spec war and would help them get well, into that. It's mostly guys still. Well, yeah. But that's – That's a later topic. Yeah. So, um, you know, I did all that. I, I passed the PST. You know, we did the paperwork for it. Went up, took the ASVAB, got that 95 or whatever on it. Um and then, you know, you sit down with the recruiter that does the MOS selection um, to talk to NEC. him. NEC. Yeah, okay, fine. But so anyways, he's like, okay, so what do you want to do? 
I was like, well, I would love to do Spec War, but I really would love to do Seal and go to Buds. And he was like, mm-hmm. nope. I said, fucking, huh? He's like, one, we have a lot of people going to Buds right now, so you'd probably be waiting a year. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. That's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Like, one thing about yeah. recruiting that I think if anyone that's listening is is someone that wants to join the military, when you go to MEPS the first time and, like, select your NEC or your MOS for any branch, like, they're going to give you – they have to give you the options that your ASVAB allows – but they are going to steer you in a Manning direction. Am I wrong? You're not technically wrong. So I say technically wrong, right? The first of every month, they get given quotas. Yep. And they'll say, out of your office, 15 people, that's a high number. It's going to be more like three people yep. can join as a damage controlman. Okay. Once Three people join as a damage controlman. I think I might have said four. No, you said three. Uh, okay. Once those three people have joined, no one else that month can join as yep. a damage controlman. So if you are not hard set, we call it job locked, yep. on damage controlman, they're going to try to sell you something else. Yes. If you're job locked, you're going to get an appointment in four weeks. Yeah. Gotcha. Because the next first, they're going to try to get you to MEPS as close to the first as possible that first week of the month. Yeah. So no one else takes those quotas. Gotcha. So what happens, they need 10 spec war. They have 10. You're number 11. Hey, buddy, have you ever thought about being a gunner's mate? Because they they still want the contract, but you're not job locked. Yeah. You just think it's cool. Yeah. But if but if you phrase it, I will not join the Navy if I do not get to be a combat engineer. Yeah, or whatever. You know, then they'll push you to the next month. Yep. They're not putting you off. Yeah. They just know that you won't join. If they take you, then you're not going to join, and they've wasted an appointment. Yep. So you're going to get pushed next month. That's not an insult. They cannot get you the rate you want, yeah. even if you qualify for it. Yeah. So what they offer you isn't what you qualify for what they offer you is what you qualify for and has open quotas gotcha okay that makes sense so you, that's why i said you're not technically wrong but yeah that's not the whole truth either okay so but the other reason that you know because i don't think he was because this was right during the shift of um spec war having their like getting their own uh necs right yeah. Because um, before it was like when you went to Buds or when you recruited into the SEALs, you still had to pick a background job as your rate because you have to yeah. have somewhere to fall back in case you don't make it through Buds because let's face it, the attrition so, rate's like 75%. So modern times, one difference, you don't have to do that anymore. That, and that's what I mean. So now they have their own rate. They just reclass you. Yeah. Um, if yeah. you fall, if you fail out. So depends on how bad you fail. True. Um, but so when I went up there and I said, Hey, I want to do seals. Like, that's what I want to do. And he was like, Nope. And one, I think it was because of the, the whole, uh, quota thing. But also what I didn't realize was he's like, you have to have 2020 uncorrected vision. I do not. Mm -hmm. So he was like, Mm -hmm. you're already like, he's like, I wish your recruiter would have told you that, which I asked my recruiter because me and him were cool. And he's like, honestly, I didn't know that I'm a sub guy. 
I don't know anything about that. <laughs> I'm like, so, well, you should have probably, you could probably look it up. But, so let me see. That's not what I was looking for. Is it chapter 15? You can keep talking. I'm going to find something, okay. and then we might segue okay. back. Yeah, so so at that point, um, he was like, well, there's other spec war options that you don't need that uncorrected vision, one being EOD. And I was like, well, that wouldn't be bad. Like, EOD's pretty cool. I like blowing shit up. I like, you know, disarming shit that blows up. So I was going to do that, and then um, my dad talked me out of it because he was like, look. If you still want to do that after your first enlistment, like, do it. But he's like, at the mm-hmm. time, we were still actively in Afghanistan and Iraq. Um, mm-hmm. He's like, I don't want to see you get blown the fuck up. <laughs> and I'm like, so understandable. So, listener, beware. If you Google Chapter 15 Medical Manual Navy and you get a med.navy.mil link, it will take you to the medical standards and you can control F uh, special warfare, yep. and it will tell you everything. There's submarine duty, naval special warfare, yep. nuclear field, diving field. So if your recruiter doesn't know, because that manual, I just closed it, I shouldn't have, is over 100 pages long. Your recruiter will never know Yeah. everything. That's yeah, and, and they, they can't know everything because there's so, there's so many jobs, there's so many fields there's so many, so much stuff in all the manuals and like restrictions and all that stuff. And, They're never going to. I'm going to tell you, as, as a guy who recruited for three years, we control F. Yeah. And if the wrong result pops up at first, it might disqualify you for SEALs, but it might not disqualify you for General Navy. Yeah. But if it finds the SEAL one, if the recruiter doesn't have the cognitive, uh, cognizant ability Cognitive. to make sure, yeah, <laughs> to make sure he scrolls up. And sees what section he's looking under. Yeah, he might tell you you're disqualified, and that's why that manual. Don't be that guy who goes in. I Google it first. <clears throat> yeah, don't. Google it after. Yeah. Don't. don't if they try say to be no. Yeah, don't go in with all the answers. If you get rejected, go Google. Yeah. It's kind of like it's kind of like going to the doctor's office, right? Like if if a doctor says, yeah. "Hey, I think you have asthma because you're having a tr- trouble breathing," you can go to another doctor and say, "I want a second opinion." Recruiting is kind of the same because one guy might not know something or might have looked at it differently. Mm -hmm. And most recruiting stations have multiple. You'd just be like, hey, can you have the other recruiter look that up and make sure? Or or that guy's met his quota for the month and wants to go home. Also also that. Recruiters have shit hours. So So you'll come in. He'll be at 10 to 10 for the month. And you look like you might be overweight. Yep. You're overweight. And they will just say, he don't yeah, need, lose some, lose he some don't weight and come back. Come back in two weeks. Yep. And that's because two weeks from now, he'll have zero out of ten. Yep. He'll have a new quota to fill. So, anyway, so at that point, um, you know, I, was, I wasn't I was doing anything spec work for the Navy. The Air Force wasn't getting back to me. So I was like, all right, you know what? I At this point, I just want to get the fuck out of Dodge. I just want to leave, right? Mm-hmm. So I uh, was talking to the NEC guy and was like, okay – I really like guns. Like, I know what a gunner's mate is. Like, let's try to do that. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me and he's like, you have a 95 on your ASVAB and you want to be a gunner's mate? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, like, what do you mean? And he's like, well, how about this? 
do you know what an FC is? A fire controlman. I was like, uh, no. I thought he was going to fucking sell me something stupid. He's like, they're essentially gunner's mates for the big guns. Missile launchers, uh, the big cannons, like all that stuff. And I was like, oh, okay. That sounds pretty cool. Like, that's all he told me. So then, yeah. So then I dep in uh, in the AECF field, you know that, like the advanced electronic computer field is what they call it. And that encompasses. Which you don't eat. You don't even know if you're going to be an FC or. Well, see, that's and that's unless it changed by the time you joined. So, and that's the no. So the weird thing is, is that they put me in as ACF, but they always had FC attached to my contract. So, like, I think they actually pulled me in as an FC. But Mm -hmm. even in boot camp, they tell you anyone that's ACF, like you don't know what you're getting. You're either getting ET electronics technician or FC fire Mm -hmm. controlman. ET is more just electronics based radars. Uh, communication, stuff like that, whereas FC is weapon mm-hmm. systems and radars and stuff. Um, but, like, and when they said that in boot camp, this is like week four, they were like, oh, yeah, you don't know you're an FC yet. And I'm like, fucking what now? <laughs> like, I was like, I specifically joined as an FC. Like, and they're like, no, you might be an ET. And luckily, life, you know, life finds a way. And I was an FC, right? So... Get out of boot camp. Boot camp was a fucking good time. It was funny. I was uh, I was actually LLD for eighty five percent of boot camp because light limited duty for those yep. who don't know. So basically, I I wasn't able to graduate until I got fit for full duty, which happened in the time frame. But like, I was never allowed to do our mock PRTs in boot camp that they used mm-hmm. to train because the problem is, is I was LLD light limited duty. I wasn't allowed to. And the reason is the stupidest fucking reason is because I've shot, I've shot guns growing up my entire life. And I had a incident when I was hunting with my cousin down in Texas a couple years. Uh, it was for now. It's like 13 years ago at this point um, mm-hmm. where he had a muzzle break on his rifle and we were hunting hogs down in Texas. And I was shooting my gun and he his barrel just so happened to line up with my left ear and that muzzle blast just. Mm-hmm went right into my ear canal and like instantly gave me tinnitus pretty much. Right. Like I'm lucky it didn't blow my eardrum out. Isn't it tinnitus, tinnitus, whatever tinnitus. I say, I say both. I don't care. My ear rings. Shut up. (laughs) Um, so you have ear rings. (laughs) So, so when I got to boot camp, you know, P days, they do all your medical evaluations and you have to do Mm -hmm. a hearing test. Well, from the time that I had, Depth in. I was in debt for almost a year. I was in debt for like nine months mm-hmm. because they kept offering me different jobs. Like they tried to get mm-hmm. me to go FT as a sub guy. And I was like, absolutely not. I don't want to be on a sub. So for those who don't know, FT is basically fire controlman FC, but on subs. Yeah. It's, it's a fire control technician, which is what we all are anyways, but it's specifically for submarines. Um, they also do operations. They're not just technicians. Yeah. So we, like they offered me that and they were like, you can leave in like two months. And I was like, no, I just, I want to do FC. Just get me onto the surface side, whatever. So anyways, mm-hmm. going through P days and in between the time that I depped in and got to boot camp, um, one of my buddies, when we were out shooting, would thought it'd be funny to shoot a 30 out six next to my ear. <laughs> so of course I made it a little bit worse. So the, the hearing doctor with an audiologist was like, you have significant change in your hearing status. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, 
pulled the most out of left field bullshit that I've ever heard. I was like, well, it's probably because, you know, I shoot guns a lot. And he's like, or it's cancer. And I'm like, what? He's like, you might have a tumor behind your ear. And I'm like, how? What? That's how you know your doctor uses WebMD. Bro, I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, I'm going to send you over to the Naval Hospital to get an MRI done, which took three weeks. And then it took another two weeks for the MRI to come back cleared. So in eight weeks of boot camp, I'm already in week two. It took five weeks to come back. So the last week I was finally fit for full duty, was able to take a PRT, do battle stations, all that stuff. But I'm like... The guy just up and said, oh, it's cancer. Uh, what? I, I don't know. Made zero sense to me at the time because I'm like, I have a reason why this well, is like, this is the reason. So I do want to, I do want to make a point that we're going to have to readdress that when we talk about a future topic with Navy overreactions. Oh God. Yeah. And that's, ex- yeah. We'll, we'll come back to that. It falls in line. Oh, yeah. It falls in line. You guys will hear about that again. If we remember at the time, you should hear yeah. about that again, which I got my handy-dandy. Nope. He's got our talking points. Um, so, yeah, so then yeah. get out of boot camp, uh, all that stuff, which we can go over boot camp stories later. Um, I want to try to get through my background as much as I can. We we got uh, maybe 11 minutes. We'll, we'll see. We're still more. learning the software, and it might cut us off in an hour. We're going to try for an hour and a half, though. So, yeah. so we, we might have 11 minutes. We might have more. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So get through boot camp. I'm in Chicago for a school, go through a school. Uh, last episode, I kind of told a story of one of my DRB stories. Um, I have another one, but we, like I say, we can, that is also, I'll save that one for another Navy overreaction because that is another yeah. overreaction. So we kind of kept light on mine and almost took an hour. So yeah. Right. So, because I didn't go into doing country shit growing up, well, I didn't get much into like individual stories. Yeah, which you know it is what it is. But so yeah, so now um, that that's not sass, people. Yeah, no, it's not. Um, so then from Chicago for a school at Great Lakes, I went to Dahlgren, Virginia, which is about an hour south of DC uh, on the Potomac that's River. Taco Bell, right? What? That's the one with Taco Bell? I think so. No. Damnick didn't have restaurants, but Dahlgren was the one that had nicer shit. No, Dahlgren had, like, nothing. We had, uh, we had a nice... Which one's the ones with the stuff, then? Was that uh, was it Oceana? The Oceana? The airbase? Maybe, because everything is right outside Damnick, but one of the bases there had nice stuff on bases, it definitely, on bases it, that the students could use. It definitely wasn't... Uh, I think it was Oceana because it wasn't it wasn't Dahlgren because Dahlgren we had we had the schoolhouse ATRC which is Aegis Training Readiness Center because I was a I became an Aegis technician instead of conventional fire controlman which we'll get into that in a minute which later in your career changed you from an FC to an FCA to an FCA which I still am like I understand why they did that but at the same time while we while it was happening it made zero sense. So we'll talk about it. We'll we'll have to make a note to have an episode on how Navy advancement works. Yeah, because that is exactly the reason they and changed why that. and why that matters. Yeah, um, and why it was a complete fuck up for the first two years. Um, yeah. So no, so at Dahlgren, you know, we had the schoolhouse for the Aegis uh, training. We had our barracks. You had a a cafe, which actually was really good 
but it was the only thing on base, mm-hmm. the only place to get food. We didn't have a gal. That was our galley, right? You know what? You know what was as the kids say, bussin'. Oh God, what? The Great Lakes Galley. Honestly, oh yeah, like there was so much there. I actually missed that food. They had the Chinese spot. They had the, they had they had the, the Chinese. Italian spot. Oh they had the sandwich. I love. They had the sandwiches. burger spot. Like it was literally like we, it was. We a can huge... probably dedicate. Oh man, it was a huge complex that it was just like whatever you like. They had a salad bar. They had pretty much yeah. you know Italian, Chinese burgers, like literally any. And then they also had like special days where it was like the the general galley had like a steak day or something, mm-hmm. and you go get a not a good steak but a decent you know for what you know what at. At that time, I was there October to – no, I was in boot camp October to December. So I would have got to Great Lakes school side December, and I was there for about a year and a half or more. Yep. There was the McDonald's halfway to the galley between <laughs> yep. the blocks of barracks yep. and the galley. When I didn't eat at McDonald's, I would tear up that Chinese food. Oh, me too. But it was nice because you're paying for food anyway. Yep. But to have like six or seven restaurants – it made it in one little building. Well, and not to mention, so this didn't happen when you were there, but the next had their restaurant mm-hmm. complex that they ended yeah, up. Yeah, that was not a thing when I was there. So they had, uh, they they kind of started it when I was there, but they really finished it. I, I visited that base one time after the fact, mm-hmm. and they had like a Panda Express. They had all this like new stuff on base now too that you see but the the chinese food in the galley wasn't bad no it wasn't it was a daily thing that was a section of the galley was chinese Mm -hmm. food and that was good food like for for galley food yeah it's not it's not as good as home cooking no but it's it's, for institutional food like yeah for like compared to like let's say anywhere in like at in uh norfolk like their galley garbage disgusting yeah. i don't know why but it's just not, like yeah. even the one in spain and rhoda yeah. like that galley was ugh. bro bro the food here today at lunch it was like a mock asian day and typically the problem with their rice is that they make it it's undercooked and they don't put anything on it <laughs> i ate half a spoonful of rice and threw the trailer because <laughs> because Cause it's like I licked a fucking salt lick. Oh god! Cause people had been complaining about the rice not having flavor, so they were like, "Oh yeah, oh, yeah? salt." <laughs> and they just, <laughs> god, dude. Yeah. So, but anyways, so yeah, so yeah, so Dahlgren, we only had that cafe, and then like, like we had a library. Um, everything else, yeah. it was all, it was pretty cool because it was a it was a naval weapons station, which. Not very many yeah. of them exist anymore, but so they were doing mm-hmm. a lot of the five inch. They had the five inch range out there. Uh, the five inch being mm-hmm. one of the the main cannon on most destroyers and cruisers. Every, every barracks has a five inch range. <laughs> Stop that! <laughs> Stop that! The bathroom doesn't count. Um, <laughs> so you would hear them shooting across the Potomac River, and that's also where they were developing the the railgun, the electromagnetic railgun, mm-hmm. and I got to see that, which was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so then left. See, at that point I was already in Spain, so we got rumors. Yeah. And I was, I was watching that thing shoot and it, when it shot, it shook. Like I had an apartment out in, cause this is after I got married. I had an apartment out in colonial beach, Virginia, which was across the river, like 20 minutes away. It would shake yeah. our windows from 
that many miles, like from four miles away. So, think so, of power. So at this point, at this point in your career, you're done with A school because that's all in Chicago. Yep. It's thir- 13 weeks apprentice technical yep. training, 13 weeks fire controlman strand class alpha school, which we call A school. Yep. And then you went on hold for a bit. You said you worked as a barracks yeoman. I worked yeoman. as a yeoman for a little and bit, and then they kicked me off because was, I I don't even remember what was happening. Something something happened, and one of the one of the students like got all pissed off at me because I yelled at him because like yeah. with with the yeoman stuff, like we're we're not you know leadership by any means. Like we are not in charge of anyone. But like when the nights come around, especially on weekends, like the barracks. Like the the petty officers and chiefs are all at home with their families as they should be, they're off doing their own thing. So for us, like we were in charge of making sure that all the students are back. Like we're checking phase liberty, making sure that certain phases are back by that time. Like we are. We'll have to do a we'll have to do a whole episode <laughs> or even a series. Oh God, on leadership. Oh man, yeah. And what that actually means. Fair enough. But so, but to your, I get what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, we were put in a position of responsibility for the like the students who lived in our barracks. You, you were leadership essentially, yes. But you weren't the boss. Yes. So I got pissed at a kid because he showed up half an hour late to his phase. He came back at like twelve thirty, and we can't close out and go to bed until everyone's accounted for. And I don't want to get this kid in a lot of trouble. So I'm not calling the CDO, but the CDO will show up at some point and be like, hey, you guys good on – The CDO guys. The, the command CDO. duty officer. Command duty officer is the direct representative of the commanding officer when the commanding officer is not present on board is what we Correct. call it. On board on is on the base at all. Or if it's a ship's commanding officer, it means like actually physically present. Yeah. So – On the ship. So yeah. So the CDO would come around every night and make sure like, hey – you know, are you guys good? You guys have everyone accounted for? And we'd have to tell them yes or no, right? Because, and at this point, like, I'm expecting the CDO to roll up at any point. And this kid rolls in, and I'm like, where the, like, I go off on him. Where the fuck you been? What's, what's going on? And he's just like, shut up, man. And I'm like, okay, that's not, I'm, I'm not a violent person. I mean, I am, but like, I, you can disrespect me all day, and I'm not going to like throw a fucking punch at you, right? Of course, the violence is the last resort, but it's my favorite. Yeah, point. exactly. But exactly, right? So I'm just like, look, man, you know you're supposed to be back at midnight. You weren't. Like, just give me your phase card. I'm not going to tell the CDO, but you're going to have to talk to Chief in the morning because I'm going to let him know. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you're not going up for it, but you're probably losing your phase two for it. And he's like, no, fuck you, dude. Like, yeah. you, you don't have that power, blah, blah, blah. And he started getting in my face. And as he's, like, yelling at me, the CDO rolls in, and I'm like, he's like, what's going on? I was like, well, at this point, I'm going to tell him because you pissed me off now, kid. Like, Told him, and then, but then, of course, Navy overreaction, the CDO yeah. gets mad at me, because he's like, if he was supposed to be here half an hour ago, why haven't you called me? Mm-hmm. And now it's a whole thing, and so they, they ended up kicking me off the yeoman job. Not in a bad way, but just saying, like, hey, we can't. 60 seconds before we Yeah, we might get kicked off at an hour, so we'll see. Um, anyways, so then I started working as a dog handler with the MAs. So I would go, I would clean the dog kennels. We, I'd, I'd transport the dogs with their vans to like some of their training and whatnot. I play with the dogs, which was super fun. I like that. It was a lot of fun. Have, 
Have you seen the movie Megan Levy? Uh, is that the one where uh, she's a dog handler and they tell her she's not good enough to like actually be a handler? They got her scoop and poop. Oh and yeah, stuff. basically what I did. She, she's like, she's like the first one to adopt a military working dog as a pet. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually like I don't cry very often, <laughs> but I love. Oh dogs. me too. That movie, that movie's got me like. <laughs> um. Yeah. So. At that point, plus it's got I forget her name, but she's hot. Yeah. So, so yeah. At that point, hey, look, we crossed an hour. We're good. Um. So yeah, at that right? point, finished up a school, went to Dahlgren, Virginia for C school for Aegis uh, training because I was I was a technician for the Aegis weapon system, which is uh, our missile defense, air defense weapon system that all of the small ships have. So cruisers, Don't you mean destroyers, Aegis, Aegis. I hate everyone that calls it Aegis. I just, I can't. Stop it. I know you're right, technically, but fuck you. <laughs> um, so, then, finished C-School, um, got my NEC as a Mark 99 technician, fire control system, which we'll get into that, and then got orders to Spain. So the way my orders worked, because we talked about this for you, is it was also mm-hmm. top of the class stuff, right? So, like, top of the class got to pick first. Yeah. So in A school, the annoying part was that our the orders were like blocked up because there was something going on wrong with the detail, with the detailing in the orders. So yeah. we were waiting. I think I was on hold for three months after I had graduated before I even got orders. Um, and then those orders weren't leaving until April. <laughs> so I think we picked orders on like just after the new year in 2016. So, we, uh... See, by New Year 2016, I think I checked into the boat. Yeah. Late December 2016. So, yeah. So, I was... And I, I think my orders got signed in January. Yeah. So, I was so, just... so, everybody's, like, aware of the timeline yeah. here. So, he's already on Porter in Virginia. I'm still at finishing A school. So, or I'm done with A school. Still waiting on orders. So, the way... What... No... No, actually, I was on leave. Oh, were you? Because I checked in. I checked in at the end of January, and I think February 1st is my first work day. Because we got to Spain in May. Okay, yeah. I think that's... Yeah. So, um, so, yeah. So, we... When the orders finally came in, usually they came in, like, huge batches of, like, 80, right? Um, these big mm-hmm. quotas, and they would go through the classes, and usually what they would do is take all these classes that had graduated, and they would put them all together and then just go off of like their GPA percentage wise. Um, yeah. But at the time, because it was so spotty when orders were coming in, they were just going class by class. Mm-hmm. So yeah. like at one point, a big or- order group came in and for FCs, it's everything from, you know, Mark 160, SeaWiz, all the Aegis stuff, you know, mm-hmm. all that jazz. Tomahawk. Um, mm-hmm. When it came down to us, it was literally all ages it was fcs spy and computer that was it that was all that was there see and i wanted to be a c so did guy. they i was i was super set did, on doing conventional i really wanted to be a c guy did they use the scare tactic on you um, where they said if you go ages you can never go conventional but if you go conventional you can request conversion n- no because the reason is that they just I don't think any of those guys cared. And no one, like, when we got those order sets, it was all ages, so they just, 
they didn't give us an option. It was, you're picking yeah. today. So I come to yeah. find out a week later after, like, because they gave us, they, they were, our instructors were super cool about it. Brought us in, said, hey, these are the orders. Look at them. This is the order of operation. Like, who's picking first? And I think I was third, right? And for, for C-School picking, because Aegis was so long, they don't give us a ship yet, right? So mm-hmm. it's just all to Dahlgren. Like, no one else has choice. Mm-hmm. So I come to find out, like, trying to figure out the difference between all these fucking things. Like, what is FCS? What is Spy? What is Computer? Like, how are the jobs? No one can mm-hmm. answer. And then come back after an hour. I picked FCS because it had fire control in it. So I was like, hey, that's basically my job anyways. So, and I'm really glad I did that. See, but, so every civilian who listens to this podcast, who's not our family... <laughs> Is gonna think fire control is damaged. It's control. not. We control where the fire goes, and by fire I mean ammunition. Whereas damage control means fires flooding. Fire control is the fire control solution for how you're going to fire a weapon and make it land on the target, accounting for like trajectory and yep. wind and blah 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 blah. That's fire control. Fire control, when you aim a rifle at a target and you aim one degree up because distance, you've just done fire Correct. control. Yeah. So that is where we're at, you know. So I uh, went to Dahlgren, and Dahlgren was similar. So they, you know, they would they actually got ship uh, quotas. So mm-hmm. I think I was third to pick, um, mm-hmm. and it was – Pretty much everywhere there were there were a couple uh, Mayport, Japan, Norfolk, San Diego, and Spain, and I think there was only two Spains. Mm-hmm. And first mm-hmm. guy took the one Mayport, second guy went to Japan, mm-hmm. and then it was me. And I was like, "Do I want to go to Japan? Or do I want to go to Spain? Do I want to go to Japan? Do I want to go to Spain?" And then at, at one of my instructors, I remember this. He's like, "All right, oh FC One Pokies, if you're watching this, I love you." Mm-hmm. I love you, Pokeball. He's a good dude. Um, yeah. So he was like, Marshall, look, look at me. He's like, what are you thinking about? I was like, I'm just trying to figure out which one I want to go to because I, I like Japan. I like Spain. Sounds nice. He's like, all right. I've been to Japan. Okay. But I haven't been to Spain. He's like, do you have a family? I was like, I mean, I got a wife. He's like, okay. Why are you not taking her to a tropical location? <laughs> I'm like, all right, fuck it, Spain. <laughs> That's literally all it took. And then, of course, he brought the other part of it was like, and also, there's so many bitches in Spain. <laughs> you know what? Me, you remember Forbes? Oh, yeah. I still talk to him occasionally. He's a chief now. It was like, it was like me, Forbus, Amos, uh, R.I.P., Austin. Yeah. Rip buddy. Uh, that group that hung out at the beginning. I won't disrespect no. them. It's tragic. Yep, I'm not. But we called Spain. Let's go ahead Spain, and skip over that. <laughs> yeah, we called Spain the land of the fat ass. I mean, yeah, 100%. Because there was something about them Spanish women and having tummies. Oh. <laughs> they all had CDLs, if you know what I mean. I, I, I don't have a clue what it is that they do special over there. Something in, something in the sangria. But yeah, so I I picked Spain and um I got to Spain in 
May of 2017, like say a month after. Which was two years after we homeport yes. shifted to yeah. Spain. So got there in May of 2017 and started started the Spain life, you know, started. So at that point when we met, I was FC2. Yep. I was little FC3 because or FCA3 now. I, I was on the ship for less than seven months when I picked up second yep. class. Because I went to harpoon school in California. Yep. So I, I was E3 when I got to the ship. We home port shifted. I picked up E4 because we got auto. After patrol one, I went to harpoon school. And you were in C school yep. at that time when I would have went to harpoon school. And then I came back. I got second class at harpoon school. I came back. About four or five weeks later, we went on another deployment, came back. That's when I moved out into town, and I think that was the port frame that you checked in on. Probably. was my second port. It was after Patrol 2. I had just moved out into town, and you got along pretty quickly with me, Raider, Amos, and that crew. Yes, except for Raider, because I remember Patrol, my first Patrol, Patrol, I think that was 3, when we three. went to Athens. It'd be three. Um, yeah. When I was doing my shadowing for uh, MSS, which was my watch station missile si- system supervisor. Mm-hmm. You would have been right behind I was right her next to their yeah. station. They're, so they're right yeah. there. She didn't like me at first. And she, she told me that story. She's like, I hated you at first. You were yeah. annoying. I was like, well, I'm just, mm-hmm. I was trying to learn. And she – and were, Raider's uh, personality – Yeah. Well, and Raider's personality is – one of like I don't want to get to know you unless I like instantly like you and it so it's important to say because hopefully she does listen to this uh, I'll be honest with she's you she's like a she's like a punk rock lesbian oh yeah and it's like good people but she's not gonna pretend to like people oh yeah she no doesn't. she's very open and honest she, like she'll just say it to your face like I don't like you she might not have a problem with you, but she's, she's just, not, I don't like you. <laughs> she's not trying to start no. anything. She's just like, go. well, and it's what, I think, <laughs> and the thing that I appreciated about her was like, it's the honesty with people because it, it stops people from having that awkward, like weird, like this person thinks I like them and they're trying to be all buddy, buddy, mm-hmm. but I just don't really enjoy their company. Yeah. And that her mm-hmm. attitude towards it just completely ends that whole thing. And then eventually, yeah. like, hanging out with Yale, old Johnny boy. Um, yeah. See, he got there before yeah. you? Yeah. I think maybe he was there on Patrol I think two. he was. I think he was there for Patrol 2. He went in Norfolk no. crew. Which Norfolk crew, we can talk about oh, now. Because, like, Lanty and the whole Bro, thing. Bro, okay. Through. So, that is something that I am interested in talking about because... There, there's only one person whose story I don't want to get into, and we've already talked about him, and that's because oh yeah, that whole situation is just yeah. You know, that's that's not a that, everybody involved was wrong. That one's not good for no, entertainment. That is purposes. that is a personal dark side story. But the rest of this shit yeah. with everything that's yeah. been happening recently is definitely something mm-hmm. that 
Because it was Lanty. I don't even remember the motherfucker's name, but I recognize Puff? his face. The one who just got arrested for Puff? yeah child trafficking. This motherfucker. Okay. So we can talk about this because at this point we are lined up in timeline on where we were. We're, we're caught we're, up. We're, we're both, both on, on the, the ship, ship right now. Eventually we'll get to deployment stories and whatnot. But, like, this is something yeah. that we have to talk about because it's something that I see with a lot of commands. But with us, um, mm-hmm. you have one guy. And, honestly, I want your opinion on Lanty's situation because, like, to me, like, obviously I don't have the evidence. I don't know what happened other than what you read, right? And that can be skewed one way or the other. But, like... You know, there's the whole, like, basically he is being charged with the death of a child due to abuse slash death by neglect neglect. and neglect and abuse. So I can personally say that I knew Lanty was a piece of shit before everybody else did. For a long time, he was Norfolk crew. I got along with him. He was a little weird, a little bit odd, dude, but we got along. Up until about nine months before I left the ship, when to preserve her, whatever, you remember there was a girl I was dating on the ship, Mexican. Oh, yeah. And we tried keeping it undercover, but it's a small ship. Well, since we had kept it undercover, he came up to me and he was like, hey, I'm really into her. And I want to ask her to go on vacation with me. And I'm like, okay, do it. Like, because I'm like, if she says yes, then yeah, I mean, I'm done, I'm done yeah. with it anyway, you know. But I'm like, go ahead and do it, buddy. And he's like, well, I want to ask her to go to Amsterdam, Ans- uh, fuck, <laughs> Amsterdam, we so we can do drugs. <laughs> and he's like, then I can have sex what? with her. <laughs> that's a. And I'm like, you just told me you want to rape yeah, this woman. Under the okay, um, real fast. To anyone, the the military has a very strict definition of what sexual assault and rape is. Um, yeah, like if you are under the influence of any any sort of mind altering substance, whether that's alcohol, mm-hmm. marijuana, codeine, like any sort of drug, you cannot legally consent. So if and mm-hmm. I will say there is a bit of a stipulation with that with that we can kind of talk about with the overreaction of the Navy pre. Pre-existing agreements, yes, are technically okay unless you're impaired to the point that you outright can't yeah exactly change your mind. Like if you're if you can't even walk, like you can't consent. Like come on. But if if you're mature enough to watch this show, you're mature enough to understand that there's a point of drunkenness where you don't change yeah. your mind. You just react to things that are yeah. happening. So there's a sweet spot between you're already dating or you're already frisky and you go have a couple drinks and you go do it compared to y'all weren't going to do it and the dude got you drunk to the point that you're just a fish. (laughs) I mean, a lot of girls are already fish. You know who you are. Yeah. Fucking lazy bastards. I I love seafood. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, so like... But yeah, so he straight up said that to me. So then, you know, I kind of cut off the friendship with him at that point without telling him yeah. why. Um, I was kind of a piece of shit. I don't want to get wrapped up in anything. I didn't go to like report yeah. or anything. I told her because we were we were like dating, but we weren't yeah. official. 
we had no intentions of like getting married yeah. or anything at any point. So I straight up told her like, Hey, he wants to invite you on vacation. It's after I leave. So me and you will already yeah. be done. Like if you want to go with him, go with him. I was like, but you, you need, need to, to know, know that, that if you do say yeah. yes to him, you need to know that this yeah, is his he's intention. Gonna give you drugs and then try to have sex with you. Like, yeah. Like be very aware of this. Fact. Disgusting on its own. Right. But like, and, yeah. and I always like, I never had an issue with Lancey cause I didn't know any of that kind of stuff, but like, He's one of those people that, like, you could tell, one, he's small. Small dude. Like, what, mm-hmm. five, six, five, mm-hmm. seven, maybe? You know? Yeah, tiny, tiny little dude. dude. So he's got short man syndrome, which I get. But yeah. that made him overtly angry to the smallest fucking things. Yeah. If you did something wrong yeah. to him, he was ready to fight you for no fucking reason. And yeah. it just, like, it doesn't bode well because I saw that and I was like, oh, he's a violent individual and I don't, and just angry. Mm-hmm. And then when this whole story came out, mm-hmm. you know, you had some people that were like, Oh, I could have never imagined. And then you had other people like, yeah, that fits the bill. Like, well, that's why when it came out, I was like, yeah, like it sucks. It's shitty. Like, what I know he's fully capable of not being a good human. Yeah, exactly. And I think, cause that's what it boils down to. It's not even like, Call people pieces of shit or whatever you want. I don't care. I'm a piece yeah. of shit. That doesn't mean I'm going to kill a baby. <laughs> well, exactly. And I'm a piece of shit, but I'm a good yeah. human being. So that that shit is just like – it's so weird seeing the dichotomy of like people's opinions being mm-hmm. like how they view something. Because like like the other situation, we had a guy that we deployed with. He was an OS, operations specialist. Mm-hmm. Um Daniel Puff was recently arrested for. Uh, he made he made. Oh chief. right, he is now a, he was now a chief. But you know what's funny, and this is something that I think goes into the, like the overreaction of the Navy and stuff. But like also like sweeping shit under the rug. Obviously, his shit's not being swept under the rug. He was just found guilty by a federal court, not just civil court. But but I. I messaged you very specifically and told you there were people. I know. And there are still – well, and let's be real. The guy that was defending him is probably someone who would do the same fucking thing. You're talking about the guy that was that so, was the motorcycle safety person on board and then got a DUI on his motorcycle like a week later. You you know who had to issue him his first DUI punishment? You? He came in when I was duty oh. master at arms. On a date, he got pulled over by the Spanish and refused to Yeah, I remember that whole story. I got woken up at like 1 a.m. And he tried telling me he had one drink six hours ago, but he was blowing like yeah. 0.3. And he's like, I was just on a date. Like, yeah, I yeah. know. Yeah, Fuck well, you. You're making me fucking <laughs> like, now. So that's the guy who's defending the, the child yeah. molester. Well, attempted. He never – luckily, uh, the feds – We don't know. He well, tried. The, he got caught on an attempt. He, so right now he's been charged with. I I echoed there. You're good. I'm sorry, everybody. I he's echoed. he's charged but, with an attempted child trafficking because he attempt he was messaging someone he, who he thought was the mother of a 13 year old. A 13 year old paid her sixty dollars mm-hmm. to have sex with the 13 year old, or well, no, no so to give had, her a blow. He had never sent the money through. Job. He he. He never sent the money through. He showed up to the location with money and started looking yep. for him. And it was a cop and that then waited on him. When they when they confronted him and re- went to arrest him, he deleted the text messages and mm-hmm. tried to lie in court and say because yeah. I think he got charged with perjury as well and destruction of evidence because he yeah. started deleting text messages mm-hmm. and blah 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 blah. 
Because that... Well, he deleted the whole app. That's, yeah. Which I think he was using WhatsApp because it's encrypted. Because, you know... Yeah. Predators are fucking smart, people. That's why... I, don't hey, trust people around your kids. Hey, guys. By the way, WhatsApp is owned by Facebook. It's encrypted, but not True. that much. So, yeah. He's a, he's a fucking disgusting individual sorry it's not owned by facebook what's that what's it called meta. now the, yeah, yeah it's owned by meta but anyways yeah that motherfucker and in every article that you found on him about his uh case and that he was just uh found guilty not one place not a single place does it say he was a chief because i guarantee you that the 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 department of the navy said oh this is bad for naval publicity we need to not mm-hmm. let this get out that he's a chief or we're going to like scrub every article about him to say he's a chief because see, see, but on the flip side, was it yesterday? I saw an article. I didn't tell you about it. I saw it. I never read on it cause I was busy. Some chief got arrested cause his wife wouldn't have sex with him. So we threatened her. But that was different. He threatened an adult. Yeah, but- so they let it be out that he yeah, was a chief. But that's but that's my thing because like But but what's the joke with Chiefs? Once a thick E three checks on board, so once an eighteen year old yeah, checks on board. The Chiefs mess the the group of Chiefs because like in the Navy, if you're not Navy or if you're a civilian or any other branch, right? The Navy has what's called the Chiefs mess. Or the, the Chief Petty Officer Corps or whatever the, the We're the We're the only yeah. branch. Who treats our E7? Yeah. So basically, way. your E7 and above enlisted, senior enlisted, have a special club. And this isn't me shitting on all you chiefs, through, but like eighty percent of them, because. But you go through frat style. They go through a frat. Yeah, they go through a like a week long frat style indoctrination. No, it's like eight weeks. Is it that long? It's I have. Like I can't remember. Yeah. They call it chief season. I'm up for chief. I'm up for chief for the third time, and for the third time, I'm. <laughs> That's how bad it is because the stigma behind chiefs is like you go through this fucking thing and like it is literally like a an ego changer for people. Like you could know the best first class in the world. Like they are cool. They they're on your side about everything. They defend you like they are doing everything right as a leader to junior sailors. And there are some good chiefs like when we first when we went. Well, I guess when I first pitched this and you said something to me about it, like. Senior Stearns yep. commented and was like, I would listen to it. A couple other chiefs commented on the post and were like, I'd love to hear what you yeah, have absolutely. to say. And those are the ones you can tell are good because, chiefs because they're like, I would like to hear this well, guy Well, and they're shit. also open to the criticism because they know that mm-hmm. the system that they exist in is kind of bullshit. Mm-hmm. Especially, I've heard Senior Stearns yeah. say a bunch of shit about it. And like, other chiefs are yeah. the same way. Like, they love that. It's like a brotherhood inside of, like, if you consider the Navy, hood, the Navy a brotherhood, right? Because a lot of us do, because mm-hmm. we deploy together, we spend our lives together, we're mm-hmm. isolated together. Like, I consider a lot of the people mm-hmm. I served with, like, family. That yeah. is, like, a brotherhood within a brotherhood. Like, it's a fraternity and with mm-hmm. women as well. So the the problem is the brotherhood separates them from the rest I, of the family. Exactly. I think it's a... I, I think it's... You're more of a brother than the other I brothers. think it's an antiquated... Um, idea i think that you know there is a time and place for tradition especially within the navy but i i think that the chief's mess in like the group of the chief i get wanting to keep that tradition alive but at the same time they turn like some of the best first classes into someone who 
no longer wants to listen to your opinion, no longer is willing to assist you in anything unless it helps them. Like they, during their chief season, they carry around this little wooden box that they're given and inside has like, they're always like, Oh, it's, it's only for chiefs to know what's inside. I've seen what's inside. It's, it's called a vessel. <laughs> Whatever. It's like, and they have, they have to make their own vessel. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I'm, I'm about to do a wonderful thing while you rant on this. Cause I got blue, uh, Bluetooth headphones. So okay. I can hear you. I'm going to go. I'm going to go pee, so you okay. explain Chief Seasons. So, essentially, with Navy Advancement, right, so we have – you have your normal uh, E1 through E3. You don't have to take an advancement exam. Um, that's pretty much just a time and rate thing or time and service. Once you get from E3 to E4, you're supposed to take an advancement exam to make petty officer. Um, certain jobs, like ours, FC, FCA, ET, stuff like that, have what's called push button, which is – you finish your training and you are essentially like just gifted E4, petty officer third class. <clears throat> Excuse me. So then, you know, then you have a test for E5, E6. And as you progress, every advancement exam has less, like the higher you get, the less technical stuff you have on your advancement exam and the more traditional and like leadership focused questions on your exam. Um, like regulations and his like naval history and stuff like that. Um, but when you go from E6 to E7, you have to pass the advancement exam and then you have a, what's called a, a chief packet essentially. And then that gets sent off. You can, you can pass your advancement exam, but not get picked up as uh, a chief candidate. And then even then, as long as you get picked up, you still have to be selected. So you have this whole selection process where they only select certain people, um, whether it be their, through their accomplishments, through their trainings, through whatever. Um, and then after that, you become a chief select and you still have, you know, like a four to eight week time frame where you basically are put through a fraternity style, like hazing session every day. And people that live in, like, naval towns like Norfolk or San Diego have probably see this every year. You know when it's chief season because you got the fundraisers. You got the guys that are doing car washes. You got, you know, the, the catering events and whatnot where they're trying to raise so, money for the chief's mess. So there's some post-year time okay. updates on the Real process. fast. I'm going to go pee. And you talk about this. So the only reason I care to bring this up for everybody, it doesn't affect him anymore. But we don't do an E4 exam anymore. Uh, so basically all the E4s, so all the E3s who want to make E4, if you're new to the Navy, listen to this. Or if you want to join the Navy and want to make E4 so you're a petty officer. Um, it's the same board type situation where your yearly evaluations, uh, they kind of go up. And they look at your accomplishments, your evaluations, and they rate you and stack you. And they pick a certain percentage of people to get promoted to E4. Uh, so they basically just entirely done away with the E4 exam. So that's not a thing anymore. Oh, I think, but you still have. I to think exam. that happened right before. You I still got have that. to do an exam. Yeah, you still have to do an exam for E5, E6, E7. But so E4 now is like making chief without the exam, but with no indoctrination. But making 
E6 after being an E7 is you have to pass the exam. You have to be in the top 60% of your rating. So if you pass, but you're 61, you don't go up to the yep. board. And then the board, they break out your entire package of your entire career and look at you. And the issue with it is that they choose their own. It is chiefs and above's voting on your package yep. to see if you're a good yep. chief. The issue with that, the reason I'm getting out at the end of this contract in 2027 is because you cannot change a system yep. like that. When people pick their replacements, you will not be their replacement if you don't meet their yep. standards. Don't get me wrong. There's some good chiefs. There's some, there are some great I know there's chiefs. some chiefs who are, I mean, there, there are a couple of chiefs. I'll shout them out right now. You know, senior Stearns, I think he might've liked my post. I don't remember. I think so. I got FCC Cole, uh, chief Cole. We spent some time together up in great lakes, babysitting recruits, yep. uh, during COVID. We'll talk about that later. Excellent chief. Like if, if I could have picked a chief to be my chief on the boat, if somebody who would have set me up in the Navy, it would have been chief Cole. And that's as far as I'll, you know, suck that dick today. Uh, senior chief Hicks. Now he's out in Japan. Yeah. Now ETC, yep. when you knew him, he's a good ETCS, dude. by the time Great I left dude. the boat, fantastic oh. chief. I never worked for him. I, I never worked for him. So maybe the ETs think something else. I never heard anything um, bad about there's him. A guy, about him. There's a guy, uh, Senior Chief Rogers. He used to be a CV. Now he's a uh, NC. I've talked to him still like yeah. once a month. Like excellent Senior Chief dude. Brower. But the problem is, my, my yeah, man. Yeah, the pro- I don't think he. I don't think he liked me because I was Maybe. diddling his well. juniors. Uh, but he was a good guy. Yeah. He just well, didn't like enough. me. He liked me. Uh, that, he um, is such a good dude. Like he was. But but the problem is that I can remember the names of chiefs who didn't suck. Yeah, that and that's the thing. And that's the problem. If you, I can't remember good second classes. I can remember good yeah, chiefs. I, I can't because the, there's the distinction. Like, it should be, like, you should not necessarily, like, you should be able to remember your excellent chiefs, not... Just the good ones. Mm-hmm. Like, and this is not, this isn't the yeah. dog on the people that we listed. It's just a, like, for me, when I'm talking about a great leader, I should be taught, like, I should remember that person as, like, my mentor, like, the best leader that was there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like, someone I consider, like, Senior Stearns. Like, he was probably one of, if not the best chief that I ever knew so, because of the way he handled things. So, so to give the reason of why he's a good example, and both of us have mentioned him, and not even to necessarily praise him. So like if he, if you end up listening to this man, like take the praise, but it's it's not about you. I love you. It is. <laughs> yeah. He at one point, me and him were really good, and then I made a statement that he was in senior yep. chief mode, and he didn't account for my personality. Yep. So there was a training deficiency and what I said and I see now why he reacted how he did, I was like, that training is yep. ineffective. And he said, if that's your response, you're part of the fucking problem. And he didn't speak to me for yep. about a day. But later I went to him. Granted, I was a second or first class at the time. He was a senior chief, so we never should have had that yep. conversation, but it was how the it's yep. how it flew. 
So I went to him later and I was like, hey, we have a good relationship and this doesn't sour it. Here's what I meant. And he yep. heard me out. Because my point wasn't that the training was bad. My point was that when we did real scenarios, we had fleet involvement and somebody giving us a timeline. When we did it locally on the ship, it was me who needed training and my chief who mm -hmm. needed training, trying to train the team who yep. needed training. So those timelines we couldn't do. We needed somebody else who was an unbiased third party to wreck us because we wanted to stop to train. But in the graded scenarios, yeah. we don't get that. So, but when how I worded it at first was it's ineffective. So I see why he yeah. got mad. Well, and I have, but but he was a big enough man, not just a good enough senior chief. He was a big enough man to hear me out as another adult to say, "Hey, here's what yeah. I actually." And, and I think that's something that, especially with him personally, like because I think. That is something that I've had with him as well was we had a training scenario um, that I was – it was for VBSS and I was opt for. Or no, it was just for – it was for um, – not VBSS. It was just for uh, force protection, right? Uh, so as ATTT, I was playing opt for at the time and it was a hostage situation. And, you know, me and the MA1 and, you know, some other people – we're like, okay, I have a hostage, like, hey, talk shit, like, be aggressive, talk shit. And he was working out uh, at the time, so we were up at Forward Pallet. And I said I said shit, you know, just in general, just talking shit, right? Like, in, in this mindset, I'm acting, right? Like, this is, not, this is not me trying to be an asshole, I'm just acting in my head. So, like, mm -hmm. I said some stuff, and then he got up, basically, like, he gave me one warning and I, I didn't really comprehend what he meant by it. And since we were in the middle of a training, like yeah. I'm still trying to continue this training. And, um, I said some more stuff and then he got up, you know, and he senior Stearns, I love you. I love you to death, but you have a fucking temper. My guy, sometimes when he would, if like, and it, I deserved it. Don't get me wrong. And that's not a dig on him, but like he came out, he came over Screamed at me, said, give me – I had a blue gun, right? He's like, give me the prop. Mm -hmm. Get the fuck out of here. And I was like, okay, roger that. And at that point, mm -hmm. I just left you know, because I'm not, I'm not going to argue with him because when he got into that senior chief mode where he was shouting and, like, telling you to do something, he is the type of person mm -hmm. – you just fucking listen. You don't backtalk. You... So, but – But, he... well, hold on. Let, let me finish I... this because it goes into it because, like, like – at the time, you know, I was I was kind of fuming about it because I was like, like, we were training. Like, this is bullshit. And then when I went... You get butt hurt. Exactly. You get like, we're all adults. Like, I'm getting yelled at by another adult. Like, this is yeah. kind of silly. But, like, then, mm -hmm. you know, like, I got a counseling chip for the situation because of, I guess, like, he was doing it to protect me. And this is something, this is a conversation that we had mm -hmm. after the fact. Because, like, I wasn't thinking, and because, like, the way the Navy is now the things I was saying could have been misconstrued by someone not a part of that situation. And so he was mm -hmm. ultimately trying to protect me from being like hit with a case, like a Simeo case or something. And we mm -hmm. sat down and talked it out. And he's mm -hmm. like, look, I'm looking out for you. This is in your best interest. This is why I freaked out. And I was like, I understand that. 
You're right. Mm-hmm. I should like, and I owned up obviously because I'm like, I should have listened to you when like, I just didn't comprehend the first time when you said, knock it off. You know what I mean? Cause mm-hmm. I was doing so much stuff and there was so much like, cause I'm trying to hit certain like training aspects that I want the force protection team to hit. So I'm doing certain things. Right. And I'm trying to knock them off their guard and all that stuff. But, but he was willing to walk the thin line between professionalism and yeah, problem. 100%. That a lot of chiefs aren't willing to walk. So, but that's why you, at the time, as a very junior sailor, when he said knock it off, you saw he's told me jokes before. Exactly. He just says yep. knock it off. And, yeah. But you have to learn that, like, when. So anybody who wants to stay in the Navy, I'm never going to tell anybody to not retire, right? If you want to stay in, if you want to become a chief, by all means do it, right? Just be a good one. But you have to make it very clear to your people when the time to play has stopped. And and I think a lot of our leaders that we view as – I think it's the people that we view as good chiefs are those people. Because, like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I could could sit on a duty day because – Senior Stearns was my section leader. I could sit in the weapons office with him, yeah. coke and joke, but, like, when it came time to get stuff mm-hmm. that, like, if I was on watch and I fucked something up, he is the section leader. Mm-hmm. He has to be responsible mm-hmm. for my punishment or just in general, like, mi- fixing me. Yeah. And, like, yeah, that's something I had to mm-hmm. learn later, right? Because when you're – when you mm-hmm. first experience someone and, like, you, if you experience them as a leader of a way like we did with Senior Stearns where it's like, yeah, he cokes and jokes with me. Mm-hmm. But then you never experience the leader side where he's fixing you and his style of fixing is mm-hmm. like just a dead stop. Like there is no there's no play yeah. for like back talk. There's no play for nothing. You get but that's it. But his dead stop is what allows the play. Yeah. Cause there is a distinct yep. difference between everything is okay and we're yep. both adults. And then you have made a mistake, and I am exactly. you. And that's how it. And we're gonna. And that's how it needs to be. And that's why I think he is. Yeah. Everyone that I that served with him that knows him, I don't know a single person that can say something bad about him. No, I am a hundred percent positive that somebody could. Oh, I'm. I'm sure they could to be negative, because there are some people who are never more upset about something more. Than being upset about earning their paycheck. Yeah. But the, like, like, hey, you have to work at least forty hours a week. That's not why human beings are on this like earth. That's so telling me that I have to. And it's like, buddy, you're like our ancestors used to eat from the trees. Like, yeah, our ancestors used to not have houses because they had to follow the animals. Yeah, that's that was work. So there's this thing called advancement in civilization. I don't know if you've heard about it. If you want to go, if you want to go become a fucking a nomad and follow, you know, animal herds, be my guest. Have fun with, you know, modern tra- uh, but, transportation but you, and all that shit. But, but you better have a female who's fine carrying the babies everywhere and breastfeeding them on the go. Oh, no one wants to talk about that. Hey, ladies, are you married? Are you married to a manly man who provides for the family and lives off the land? Are you ready to be a stay-at-home mom who does everything else because it takes him 12 hours a day to catch a single deer that might feed you for the week? Because you don't have a freezer? People are people don't understand, like, that. that is the advancement of civilization, you know? Like, 
But with with good leaders, like say, that's the purpose <laughs> of this podcast. Fuck you, that's the purpose of this podcast, baby. <laughs> uh, so that that I think is something though. Like like I said, every like you should be able to name the great chiefs, but instead we can only name mm-hmm. good chiefs because they're all better than some of the other ones. There are certain chiefs that I was cool with, but I would I wouldn't say they were a good chief because I saw the way. They handled their own people because most of – in the Navy, and I'm sure you can kind of attest to this, you get along with the chiefs you don't work for, for the most part. Mm-hmm. I mean because we are all we are all adults, mm-hmm. you know. Like we might not hang out on a daily basis, but you definitely get along better mm-hmm. with the chiefs you don't work for. So look at look – at, look at Senior Spirit enough. God, I, I fucking I love, love him, him, but he's a terrible fucking chief. I, I, I love the man. But everybody who worked for him wanted yeah, him to Yeah, because, because, well, it didn't help that they were all deck and undes, right, and BMs. But he literally would work Don't, them. So so everybody, everybody who doesn't know undes, undes is the 18, 19-year-olds, or even sometimes 30, 40, whatever. You can join the Navy up yep. to 39. They're the people without a job. You just work yep. for the Navy. And basically they just... So this man... Go ahead. This man has to be the leader for people who are so unintelligent or so undecisive that they signed a four-year contract without an actual yep. job. Whether whether they like were swindled they are, into it they, or what, like they didn't have the cognitive cognitive dissonance to understand, like. No, so they had so much cognitive oh yeah, sorry. dissonance. Um. Yeah, they they didn't understand when like because when you go to MEPS during the recruiting process, like I guess like Cap kind of talked about, they're gonna try to sell you on specific rates because they have quotas that they need to meet, and they might not give you a job because they might have already hit their quota for that job. But one quota that is never filled, and correct me if I'm wrong, but un undesignated airmen and seamen and firemen, but mainly undesignated seamen is a non-fillable quota because they can never have too many. And they're sh- – go ahead. So what So so what we do in the Navy, they want most people don't understand until they get to the high side. Everybody joins undes. But what we did when we signed a contract to be fire mm-hmm. controlman or AACF, we signed to go to the school to strike – as fire controlmen yeah. or ETs. So that meant we signed with the intention and a pre-agreement yes. to go to that school. But everybody joined Yeah, because if you fail out of that school, you either have you, you go either go as designated. But like for us, like if we would have failed, yeah. I know a lot of people get reclassed to GM or something like yeah. not not all the way down to undes because we are such a mm-hmm. highly proficient technical rate. They give you a less yeah. proficient technical rate, and that's not a dig on my GMs. I love you, homies, but let's be real. But they don't do as exactly. much computer work. As exactly. So bumping them down, bumping us down to a GM would make sense. But where do you go from yeah. GM? Because yeah. there's nothing really that's in the same technical yeah. field that would be less technical mm-hmm. than GM. Because you can be a GM, mm-hmm. and you can solely be an armory technician and just like clean guns, mm-hmm. and that can be your entire job. You can be a quad bu- you, yeah. you can be a quad ball. Quad ball GMs just do generic maintenance on weapons. They don't do the yeah. higher end, like five inch weapon system. They don't do yeah. anything other than just like so M16s. 
So, so to my point, the reason Undez is never filled is because everybody else is an eventual yeah. sailor. And Undez yeah. is a sailor. You graduate boot camp, welcome yeah. aboard, buddy. Us, the Navy signs us, they have to house yeah. us, they have to feed us, they have to give us liberty, they have to hope we don't get in trouble for I, a year or more. I'm trying to think. I... We, we are a liability because we might get kicked out a year into the training process, and now a ship doesn't have yep. a fire controlman. An undes person, they fell out. Cool. They it'll be, went through ten it'll be weeks of next training. Week. We can get another one. Yeah, we can get another one because somebody's going to fail mm-hmm. FC school. And hey, you're going undes because yep. we need it. The old. Because you're already on this. You haven't graduated a school. Yeah. Which, and that makes sense because, yeah, I mean, they need people that can operate the weapon systems. They need people, they need QMs that can Mm. drive, or not drive the ship, but navigate the ship. They need BMs who can drive the ship. They need. But somebody has to. But somebody has, that's the thing. Everything has, and this is like, like I say, we we like to give undes seamen kind of a little bit of shit because for the most part, they are the people that either didn't really think before they joined or they just said, yeah, fuck it. I don't care. You know? Well, so you got like Rajinsky. Yep. I think he was on Des yep. originally. Great, Great dude. dude. Fucking Smart genius. dude. For some fucking reason, he yep. went on Des. And then, be, and then he went BM. And then he went from on Des Which to is where BM, most of the guys which go. Is the same. But it's because, yeah. at least from the guys that I talk to about it, the reason a lot of them go on Des to BM is they're as they're undes, they're essentially doing the BM job, right? Boatswain's mate. Yeah. Which is like, at its core, is the most sailor of sailor that you can be, is a BM. Because they're the guys that are tying lines. They're the ones that are making the announcements over the 1MC. They're the ones that are painting the ship. But when you become a BM, and you strike BM, you get a little bit more responsibility than the undesignated guys. Because the undesignated guys are still... They don't have a true job. They're just a sailor. So with undes people, they can be doing all that deck work and then be told that they have to go yep. clean guns. A BM, he's gonna keep doing yep. deck work. And if you enjoy the deck work, that's what that's what you want to do. Like and and I will never knock a BM because BMs have some of the most wild advancement rates. So when you see a, a BM1, it's like, okay, yeah, you went through the shit. Like, you've been doing shit. Yeah, they had to be like top 1% yeah. to so, get fucking position. BMs are, yeah. But the whole undes thing is just like, ah. <laughs> so what do you think about winding this one down? Yeah, we'll probably. And then teasing people for episode three, we can do one more to discuss some of our Topics. Yeah, we've. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm down. Let's uh, we'll wind it down. So, guys, we appreciate you. Oh, okay, so first ahead. off, before we close out, before we close out, the other one is officially published. Is it really? YouTube. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, very good. That was going on in the background this whole time. I've already downloaded it. It's published yep. on YouTube. We're we're gonna be on pretty much uh, every major streaming site so we're gonna have the vods like yeah. just a video of me and cap i know we're beautiful so you want to look at us um 
So the reason the video matters is because once we get into other topics, now that we've all caught up or in the same yep. time frame, we've talked some general Navy shit. Now that you have some general knowledge about us and the Navy, we'll do some screen sharing and all that kind of stuff to kind of yep. help out, and it'll help you to see what we're talking yeah. about. But listening is just as good, and we'll 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 remember to anyone that's doing just audio, we'll explain what we're looking at, you know, so that way it's not. You're not missing out on too much, but yeah. So, except except the dookie uh, toilet, <laughs> not the pre-shitted toilet paper. <laughs> it's like pre-blessed food, right. but on the other end. That's and that's what we're gonna tease you guys with is pre-shitted toilet paper. <laughs> I hope that's good. So, guys, I pre- we appreciate you guys listening yeah. or watching uh, wherever you're doing it. Uh, if you're listening to us on Spotify or Apple, please give us good reviews. Or, you know, if you hate us, give us a bad review. I don't care. Any publicity is good publicity. That's what I always say. Good publicity. Um, anything you guys want to yeah. hear, give us comments, whatever. Give us uh, like, follow, subscribe, all that jazz. Especially on YouTube. Especially, Comment yes. Give us – we need the algorithm to help, right? Because, yeah, you know, we – we say fuck too often. Literally. I say fuck way too much. <laughs> and even in, even of my regular life. So yeah. all right guys. Well we will see you in the next episode. Thank you all for watching. Cap, I'll talk to you in a little bit. Oh, Double salute. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. <laughs> it was the cringiest shit I've ever fucking seen. I'm out of here. Alright, fuck it. I'm doing it. Alright. Later, later nerds! <laughs> <laughs>